With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I'm so appreciative of Seven, not only his play, but his leadership and um just a tough night, man, but an awesome night. You walked outside and felt the energy and saw all the seven jerseys, all the seven signs, and um, it was truly an atmosphere that I've never felt here before. Did you get the game ball? I don't know. No, coach didn't like make an announcement or anything, but um, I'm sure it'll be in my locker. Would that be your favorite game ball? <sighs> Probably, I mean... Probably. It's going to be up there. If not, it's, um, it's special. Tuesday edition of PFTPM, the morning after Big Ben's farewell to Heinz Field. Slightly different scene than last year with the final home game against the Browns in the playoffs. Ben and Marquise Pouncey sitting alone on the bench. This time it's kind of a victory lap for Ben Roethlisberger. He didn't do the the whole lower bowl at Heinz Field, but got to walk off as a winner, 26 to 14 over the Cleveland Browns. Playoff hopes still alive. Still alive. This is PFT Live, by the way, not PFTPM. Wake your butt up on a Monday. Did I say PFTPM? Oh, yes, you did. Did I really? Yes, you did. Jeez. Yep, wake wow. up. Let's go. Get wow. your butt. Get your butt going. You're wow, having a Baker PFT Mayfield uh, 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 performance here early on. Come on, let's go. <laughs> I've, I've thrown four interceptions. <laughs> yeah. I've 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 Morning. completed twenty four forty six passes for one hundred and twenty three yards. You know, history was set last night as Pete, who is quick to rain on the Big Ben parade, pointed out. History was made last night. The fewest yards ever gained by a quarterback with forty five or more it's amazing attempts in a game. Ben Roethlisberger, one hundred and twenty three yards on forty six attempts. That's that's. Uh, that's not a good night throwing the ball, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because they won. That's they right. They beat the Browns. It worked. I, it's amazing. It, it was it was amazing to see the outpouring, whether it was the, I don't know, it felt like a 10-hour Super Bowl pregame on ESPN with 
all the Ben Roethlisberger adulation and the fans stayed until the very end. And, you know, he was there 18 years and he won two Super Bowls. Yes, it's been a while since the last one. And yes, there were some unfortunate things that happened that everyone has apparently forgotten about back in 2010 or thereabouts when they wanted to run him out of town, literally. I remember listening to talk radio in Pittsburgh 2010 when it was just one person after another calling in, sharing their grievances about Big Ben. I, he, you know, he cut in line at a Subway restaurant or whatever it was. I mean, it was any little thing they could come up with. They were, they were so upset with him after he got suspended for his misadventures in Milledgeville, Georgia. Right. That's all gone now. It never happened. Never happened. It's amazing. It's an amazing act of redemption. And now he walks off into the sunset uh, and, and still has a chance to, to get to a Super Bowl and literally walk off into the sunset uh, with a with a trophy under his arm, although I would put the odds at that is very slim, especially since I don't think they're getting to the playoffs because the Jaguars have to beat the Colts for them to get to the playoffs, and they have to beat the Ravens in Baltimore. I, I'll i be stunned if the Jaguars beat the Colts, uh, but crazier things have happened this week, Chris, so no, yeah. I can't rule out anything at this point. It's a crazy year. I mean, altogether, you're right. This week, this year, whatever, this month, I mean, we see crazy victories all, all, you know, all the time. We saw the Jets... Be, really controlling a football game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Super Bowl champions just this past weekend. So you're right. Anything's possible. There's no doubt. But, I mean, hey, Pittsburgh, uh, that, that was cool to see last night. That really was. I mean, first off, I want to give credit to the whole football team. I mean, just, again, the way to get your butt whooped the way they did against the Kansas City Chiefs, I think the first thing that jumped out to me last night, their energy, their emotion, their toughness. I know you picked them to win the game. Pasta and meatballs, correct, check mark. I mean, but but you're right, and that's, to me, like Mike Tomlin. Uh, again, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin, you say what you want. I mean, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers just always come ready to fight for, for the most part. Or whenever you think they're dead, you know, they show you a little life. I think between that, the energy in the stadium uh, provided by, you know, people knowing that it was Big Ben's last game, uh, the Steelers played an emotional, tougher football game from the get-go, and I was glad to see Big Ben go out a winner. I really was. He's a legend. Yeah, you said it's been some rocky rocky roads there, uh, but for the most part, come on, man, what he's done in Pittsburgh, it's all-time great status. It really is. The fact that they're in it every year, they went to three Super Bowls. You're right, it's been a while, but oh my gosh, I mean, every year in the conversation for playoffs, in the playoffs, certainly years sprinkled in with are they the best team in the AFC, uh, uh, just a, a phenomenal career by Big Ben and um, you know, cool to see him get sent off in that, in that way. What's amazing for all their struggles this year, they haven't lost at home yeah, that's crazy. since week three against the Cincinnati Bengals. Now they had that unfortunate tie against the Lions, which ultimately could be the thing that keeps them out of the postseason. But they have have won every other home game since then. The problem is they haven't won on the road since Halloween at Cleveland. Yeah. And they're going to have to win on the road at Baltimore. And maybe that's a tougher task than, uh, than, than the other side of it. I don't know. But because, look, the Jaguars, as Pete pointed out, they've beaten the Colts – Six, Six straight in times yeah. in Jacksonville. Now, this Jaguars team just gave up 50 points to the Patriots. This yes. Jaguars team has shown no life since Urban Meyer was fired. Usually there's some sort of a of a lift that you get after the 
the coach is fired because guys want to play well for the interim coach because they realize a new guy who comes in may make a lot of changes and those changes may include me. So let's go out and win for this guy because maybe we can keep him as our coach and everything stays the same. I don't, right, it never right. happened for yeah. the Jaguars this year. But they get the chance to play ultimate spoilers. And, and apparently there are fans who are planning to show up in, in clown paint or clown outfits because this is this is the, the the thing they've been doing to put pressure on Shad Khan after the decision was made and leaked to NFL media that they're bringing back Trent Baalke as the GM so I don't know what what factor that's going to have I don't know how many clowns are going to be in the uniform or, or in the stadiums rather on Sunday in Jacksonville but but that becomes a critical game now critical if the Jaguars can beat the Colts and the Steelers can beat the Ravens, the Steelers are in the playoffs, unless the Chargers and Raiders tie. This is the ultimate chaos scenario. Steelers beat Ravens, Jaguars beat Colts. If the Chargers and Raiders tie, both the Chargers and Raiders are in and the Steelers are out, which would just be perfect if it happens. <laughs> um, and 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 you have to wonder whether the two teams are tempted to – engineer a tie i'll tell you what if the nfl ever caught wind of something like that i could see the commissioner issuing the unprecedented double forfeit and knocking them both out of the playoffs but if it would just naturally happen that they would tie they'd both be in and the steelers would be out and the colts would also obviously be out because they would have lost to the jaguars so it's it's an amazing potential outcome if it gets to that on sunday night no it definitely is i mean it it, it seems far-fetched but in a year where again we've seen that there's no great team in the nfl there's inconsistencies every week who the hell knows we could be sitting here sunday night going man there's there's a, there's a chance holy cow uh, I certainly don't expect the Jags to beat the Colts. Uh, and, of course, like you said, it's going to be tough sledding for the for the Steelers just to go into Baltimore and beat the Ravens as is. But we'll see where it goes. Uh, either way, I didn't expect them to win last night. I didn't. But I knew they were going to win about three minutes into the football game just because you could tell the energy and one team was, like, you know, ready to go, fired up, tough as hell. I mean, to me, it, it's it's like Big Ben's career. It started off 2004 Oh, man, is he ready to play? I don't know. And, man, what did he do? Like, when won his first 11 starts as a starter, as a rookie. That was unbelievable. Last night, you know, Cleveland team that, that is more talented coming into town. You think, oh, man, all right, they got knocked out of the playoffs. But still, maybe there's no pressure. They'll let it fly. They want to end their season on a good note. No. Big Ben, the Steelers, smothered them from the get-go. Uh, clearly, were the tougher physical team wanted the game more and uh, that was that was impressive it really was like you know like you said it wasn't like a great offensive showing by Big Ben but you know the one thing is you know it, it took care of the ball for the most part you know was somewhat efficient as far as keeping them in as good a situations as they possibly could but you know the, the, this is where Big Ben is at. This is why we're saying goodbye. It, 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 he's no longer he's a shell of the guy he once was. And you know at, at one point of his career he was the ultimate magic maker, the guy who can make things happen in the pocket, people hanging on him, throw the ball still 40 and 50 yards down the field. Yeah, what we've seen here the last year and this year especially. Yeah, I mean look at this sprite chart here. It's it's a lot of let me find a way to get the ball out of my hand quick, throw the ball accurately, accurately into short windows, and it's not all that fun to watch, but it's not all on him either. They don't have the greatest offensive line, uh, but, but either way, uh, good job by them. The running game dominated 
and Big Ben. Pretty cool. I was really hoping, Mike, that he would get to kneel down at the end of the game and kind of have that last little bit of, like, you know, uh, showman or that last little bit of the, the spotlight, I should say. And uh, that, that was cool, too. I wish he would have, like, kneeled the ball and got up and ran around the stadium and gone crazy. He seemed like he was so reserved. He almost didn't know how to react. But still, it was a cool moment to see a legend go out like that. Yeah, you could tell he didn't know what to do, and right. I was looking to see if anyone was going to give him some guidance. He eventually did that kind of a half victory lap, yeah, and then he yeah. was still out on the field, and there was a neat moment when his family came down, and, and the, you see him walk off into the tunnel with his wife and his three kids. That that, that was great, and, and I, I haven't seen the pictures of it yet, but there was a cameraman right behind it. There's got to be some great images oh, of that final walk-off. Uh, and, you know, Najee Harris had 188 rushing yards yeah. on 28 attempts, and it felt like he should have had more because there was a sense that, that you know, Ben was doing what Ben does where he just changes the plays whenever he feels like. And or the what RPOs. Are do, fire him? Right, right. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? But it's his last <laughs> game. He's done. Yeah. He's done. <laughs> it and, did seem and, like he and, was going to go out like a Kobe Bryant blaze of glory where he's just like, I might throw it every play tonight. The hell with it. Uh, it did feel like and, that and at it, one point. <laughs> It helped that the Browns were so inept offensively. Yes. And, you know, there was this Nick Chubb mystery, where's he? And there what was no the injury hell? designation provided during the game. And then after the game, the coach says, oh, he had a rib problem. Hey, teams have been fined. And, you know, I mean, not significant amounts as it relates to the overall net worth of an NFL franchise, but they've been fined, you know, five figures for, for failing to provide injury updates during games. It's just weird when it happens because it's so commonplace. Guy's got a rib injury. His return is questionable. There's, there's no strategic edge that you sacrifice by making that disclosure during the game, and it is required. It is mandatory. It'll be interesting to see whether or not the Browns get in any sort of trouble with the league office for that, but Baker Mayfield was not good. He shouldn't have been playing. If he says after the game, I may sit next week because I need surgery on my left shoulder, well, why, why didn't you sit last night then? Because that game was as meaningless for the Browns as Sunday will be when the Bengals come to town. It's that simple. If, if your shoulder is that, maybe last night was when he finally realized a couple of things. Number one, the shoulder has been a problem for him all year long and his own stubbornness has made it worse. And number two, number two, he ain't ever going to get a walk-off in Cleveland like the one that, that Ben got. It's just not going to happen for Baker in Cleveland. It may happen somewhere else uh, if it ever happens, but it's not going to happen for uh, for Baker. Let's hear from Baker since okay. we're in the yeah. neighborhood of him discussing the possibility of shutting it down and getting that left shoulder surgically repaired. I'm an extremely competitive guy. I think you guys know that. Um, but I think now it's time for me to start, you know, looking at what's in the best interest for me and my health. Um, you know, I've continued to lay it out on the line when I haven't been healthy uh, and tried to fight for our guys. Uh, and right now, I'm, I'm pretty damn beat up, to be honest with you. There's no way around it. Um, I gave it everything I had tonight. Yeah, uh, you know, I've, I've made the decision. We've had discussions um, that I, I am going to have surgery. I am going to get this shoulder fixed and, you know, be able to come back next year uh, at 100%. Um, so that's, that's been decided. Now, when it's happening, that has not been decided. Uh, as I alluded earlier, I don't have that answer for you regarding next week. Well, plenty of time in the offseason to speculate and analyze and report on whether he'll be back with the Browns next year. I think the jury's out on that after everything we've seen this year. And and I really do think for him to be at Heinz Field last night 
and be on the other side of the love and the affection and the outpouring for Ben Roethlisberger has to have an impact on him. As, as he sits back and ponders which way his career is going to go after four seasons that have been largely disappointing, especially when you consider 2019 and 2021, when the bar was high, the expectations were high, the presumption was there both years they'd be playoff teams and they weren't either time. It's got to cause him to do some soul searching. And I think we've, I think that clip last night is the early indication there's going to be a lot of soul-searching in Cleveland, both by him and and the organization at large, Chris. Yeah, they need it. They need it. I mean, like we've said many times, like you heard the guys on the telecast say last night, I mean, you turn on any pregame show, whatever. I mean, the, the Browns are they're, they're the lead dog for the most disappointing team in football this year. I don't think anybody would really disagree with that. You know, you look at the roster and the talent and you go, What? They they could end up seven and nine, or you or seven and ten, right? Am I right about that? Uh, yes, they're right. I, I mean that 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 to me is just it's uh, never would have thought that before the year, especially with the way the year ended in general. You know the way year, last year ended, I should say. You know the way Baker looked towards the end of last year. You thought everything was on the up and up, and yeah, here we are now. It's like we're back to back to 2019 at the end of the year there going, oh, I mean, that was a weird year. I don't know what the hell to expect from Baker. And I certainly, you know, he's not going to get a long-term deal. Now, that's not going to happen. He's going to be back on his fifth-year option, and we're going to see where it goes from there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's uh, – uh, I'm not what? ready to You're say that. You're not ready to say that? I'm not okay. ready to say that. Oh, you might be right, Because if I'm the Browns, you if might I'm the be Browns, right. I'm moving on. If I own the team, and Browns fans everywhere should be very happy move that I don't. Huh? Although, although, although in comparison to what your current situation is, maybe you shouldn't be all that unhappy. But I, I, I'd move on from him. I, I've seen enough. I've seen enough. Because I, I, now, I, I'm making the assumption yeah. that my pasta and meatballs gut is on the money as it relates to what a pain in the butt he probably is behind the scenes. Sorry, Baker, you may not like that, but you got to own it at some point. I have the feeling he is a massive pain in the ass behind the scenes. I hear you. I just have a feeling. I it's a fair question. It's a fair question. Out front, yeah. if just based on the stuff out front, because right. everybody's always different out front than they are behind the scenes, I think behind the scenes he is a major pain in the ass. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a fair question. And, you know, whether they want to, you know... Uh, He's certainly not going to be rolled out the red carpet. I'll say that going into next year. I think he will be back. I do. But I can understand them, you know, maybe putting a little bit more pressure on him. Maybe it's a more of an open comp competition with Case Keenum. Maybe they even bring in a, a higher level backup to compete with him and kind of, you know, light a, light a fire under his butt that way. I don't know. but It's I, not going to make it any better. I, uh, well, it's not going to make it any better. Well, we're going to see where it goes. But the honeymoon's over. I mean, kind of like you said, it, it's all over. It, it really is. There's no more excuses. You know, there's some things I'm going to say here to defend him to a degree. But, yeah, also, he was the number one pick. He won the Heisman. He came from Oklahoma. And he's uh, clearly uh, not uh, as so good as Lamar Goff. Jackson or Josh Allen to this point. So they they made the wrong decision there. That doesn't help him out. You know, yes, his play, some of his antics haven't helped him out either. There's no doubt. Uh, but we have seen moments of good, you know, more than moments. We've had we've had little snippets to go, okay, that's a three- or four-game stretch, or that's pretty good football. I will give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt this year because of the injuries. He did play beat up. I'm going to give him credit for sucking it up and going out there and playing that way every week. I mean, last night. But it's his own fault. I get it's it. It's his own fault. I get it. I week get it. Week two, tough guy. Got to go make the tackle okay. and mess up my left shoulder. They know Don't what they do drafted. That. I hear you. Don't do I, that. I, I, Mike, I hear you. I hear you. But, he, you know, it's still, you're not, you, you still got to give him credit for hanging in there throughout the year, let alone Mike, too, just just to let me finish this, the, the point here. Go ahead. You know, go there, ahead. 
their their offense, you know, as you see last night, and as the guys question, you know, there's things to question there. This is why I questioned the Stefanski hire from the get go. You know, you how many times during the year have we talked about like if they can't run the ball, their pass game can't stand alone by itself. And again, last night we saw that. You know, they just it just can't. First off, yeah, there's pro- they need a little they need more weapons at receiver, even though they had Odell Beckham Jr. and they couldn't make that happen. Uh, but the the scheme itself is ordinary. It's ordinary. It, there's just not a lot there to offer. And then yes, he's second guessing himself. Like on this play there, third and two. I mean, he's got two people open over the middle. Throw the freaking ball. But yeah, his head's spinning because there's no rhythm to that offense. They don't run the ball, even though they're like one of the best running offensive lines in football. And then he's getting his ass beat in. Uh, it's a tough. It's tough sledding there. You know, for him, so that's where I give him the benefit of the doubt. But you, I mean, you're right in the far is, is set in the sense of like the honeymoon moon is over, and maybe it is fifty fifty whether he's back. I don't know. I expect him to be back, but I certainly understand the conversation going down. Let's hear one more clip from Baker before we get back to the Big Ben love fest. And we apologize for making the detour, but I'm sorry. This is more interesting to me than yeah. And yeah, I, everybody else is going to be heaping praise. There, there's another network that probably will be heaping praise on Big Ben for three hours nonstop. We, we want to get into the weeds on the stuff that that really is important to the future. Here's Ben uh, Baker Mayfield talking about the nine sacks that he took last night and and maybe why those happened. We got TJ Watt over there and we're giving our rookie tackle a whole lot of help. Do you believe that tonight and really all season long you've been put in the best position possible to be successful? You know, I'm not going to get into you know, too many details about that uh, as a um, full season evaluation. You know, we, we've obviously been pretty banged up. Um, you know, I believe in James. You know, this isn't I pray to God that you guys don't spin this into something where I'm criticizing James Hudson. That's not what I'm doing. We're talking about an, an all pro that he's going up against and he's uh, hasn't had very many starts. So I'm, I'm proud of James. He kept swinging. He kept fighting. Um, now, when it comes to, you know, what we've had to deal with all season, uh, there's been a lot of ups and downs. You know, do I believe I could play better? Absolutely. Do I believe there's positions that we as an offense could have been put in that are better? Absolutely. There, there's, there's so many critiques throughout the year. Uh, if there wasn't, we wouldn't be sitting here at, Seven nine, so uh, it is what it is. I mean, that's a fair assessment. I, I mean, what what else is he going to say? Yeah. It was a major yeah. disappointment of a season, and it's not all on him. He's just part of it. But but look, when you have a season like that where the buildup is so intense, one of us thought he was going to win the Super Bowl. I, I'm not going to say who. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, but you know, hey, it happens. It, 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 it's not like it was some crazy dart that you threw. They had that vibe after last year. There was a sense that they could take the next step. They went toe-to-toe with the Chiefs to start the season. Yeah. Um, kicked you know, kicked it's, button it's, free it's, agency in the offseason. Had a good draft. It, you know, I just thought maybe it might happen, you know, but I was wrong there for sure. In some ways, in some ways, it really was a disservice to them to open the season with that game. If they could have had a few... You know, not that there are any easy wins in the NFL. I don't care who you're playing, but just build a little confidence. Work in the new guys. Not not have to come out of the gate so hot against a team like the Chiefs that, you know, anytime they open at home, no matter how good or bad they are, that's a tough place to go and win. So, uh, you know, it was a tough year for the Browns. And, and I, I just I think that that they they have to 
take an objective view of everything. And they're a team that's driven by analytics in all respects with uh, Paul DePodesta coming over from baseball, and he's still been there. He's been the one constant the past five or six years. I It'll be interesting to see what decisions they make. Now, let's go back to... Big Ben. Pittsburgh. Big Ben. Big, big ben. ben. Big Ben. Big hey, Ben. And, and and let's not let's not overlook the fact. You know, we, we just think, oh, they go to Baltimore and the Ravens aren't playing or anything. The Ravens will take great pride and pleasure of course. in sending Ben Roethlisberger into retirement with a loss, in keeping the Steelers out of the postseason if they can. Anything Pittsburgh related, they hate in Baltimore. The Ravens hate the Steelers. They they will treat this like the Super Bowl in Baltimore. The opportunity to basically do the exact flip side of what we saw last night. Six days later, Ben, oh, no, no, no. Hey, I hope you enjoyed Monday night because you aren't getting anything like Monday. We're not going to give you any type of a send-off here in Baltimore. We're going to try to kick your butt uh, right back to Pittsburgh and, and make sure you don't get to the playoffs. And again, they haven't one on the road since Halloween, so uh, it's going to be a tough road. But last night it was a great night. Let's hear a little bit from Ben Roethlisberger on the emotions of what clearly was his last time ever at Heinz Field. It wasn't pretty, but I, like I, I said out on the field, I think that's kind of been feels like that's been my style. Not pretty, but finding a way to win. It, it's it's just this is home, you know. Um, <laughs> I, I it, it just I know I'm, I was born in Ohio, but I live here and I'll always be here and. Um, these these fans in this place it just it means so much to me and my family and uh, always will and uh, I, I've always said that they're the best fans in all the sports and I'll stick by that to the day I die and to see all the signs and the jerseys and the the towels and to hear them cheer for for me coming out of the tunnel all that stuff it just um, I don't know that I'll ever put it into words and that's why I, I want to soak I wish I could bottle it and, and have it forever um, but I will in here and in and in my mind. And if they do get in, it will be as the seventh seed, so they will not be playing again at Heinz Field this year. So so it is it for Ben Roethlisberger. And, and it really was a great way for it to end. I mean, rarely do you see everything line up just like that. The other great quarterbacks, you know, so many of them in recent years end up finishing up with another team. Ben Roethlisberger going 18 years wire to wire in Pittsburgh, and 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 look, he he know he's he's got sufficient self awareness to know it's done. He would play somewhere else. My son and I were talking about this right. last night. It's like, what else is he going to do? That's right. If he was capable of playing for somebody, making 15, 20 million dollars next year, and doing the thing that he loves for one more year, he would do it. You know, it's it's not like when your football career is over, you can go play football with your buddies. Like if you're a basketball player, if you're a baseball, you know, it's not, you're never playing football again yeah, that's in your what, life right. once you're done. If he could still do it, he would do it. But I think he understands, as does everyone else, that it is time for him to walk off into the sunset while he still can. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, again, it, it, it is. You know, we see it. He sees it. You know, I mean, we 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 saw a lot of these signs last year. You know, we came into the year going, can they really put this together? Uh, I'll give you a lot of credit. You you kind of before the year were like, yeah, it's over. I don't really think that even no matter what they do, will they be able to fix this or or get Big Ben to play at a really high level? Yes, I mean he's limited, and and certainly you know had moments of being scary this year as far as like we do I don't trust him with the ball what's he gonna do in the pocket you know there was definitely was that aspect you know in, in certain games as you played throughout the year um I you know last night I first off 
was so impressed with the fact that he could be that emotional before the game and really kind of take it all in and, and not try to just block it out and be the machine quarterback and then be able to flip the switch and go out and play and make good decisions and get everybody in the right place and do all of that. You know, that, that, that was impressive. That really was. I mean, I, I think that was cool. And here's one other thing I'll say, too, that I respect about Big Ben for the year. You know, Big Ben, hey, you know, it could be a little bit of a drama queen every now and then and blah, blah, blah. But this year, I think he's known he's going to retire for quite some time. I think we both know people that he told he – t- he's been telling people this was going to be it for about 10 weeks now. I do give him a lot of respect for kind of like – keeping his ego or checking that at the door for the better, the bigger picture of the team here as they were fighting for a playoff spot and not making it about him. He did do that this year. He did not make it about him. He, he was he was a stealer. He went out a stealer, and this kind of just fell into his lap last night. You know, So that was cool to see, and I give him a lot of respect for kind of handling it that way this, this season. Well, and there is a maturity that kicks in as you approach the age of 40. He's a far different human being than he was when he came to Pittsburgh. And look, I I, I don't want to gratuitously pick at old wounds, but he was a major pain in the ass for the Steelers early in his career, and he fought through it. Maybe that's the research that Baker Mayfield needs to do. Maybe as he grows and matures and ages, he can develop into a better overall quarterback, a better teammate. Ben Roethlisberger was a bad teammate early in his career. The stories are out there everywhere from, you know, little things like refusing to sign autographs for players, like for charitable things where, hey, you know, we're doing this. Can you say no, no? Well, who does that? Right. Who does that to a teammate? He's famous for that. Who does (laughs) that? Right. 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 Uh, yeah, he's a little so, different that I, I, way. He is. He's, he's yeah. a different guy that way. Um, but nonetheless, still the general on the field, you know, is the epitome of Pittsburgh and what they like as a quarterback. And yes, like a pain in the butt early on in his career, like you said, but and where it's different than Baker Mayfield was an absolute freaking baller. I mean, early in his career, it just didn't matter. You know, I know the first year he was he was a rookie, and the the first Super Bowl appearance was nothing special. But I also want to say, like, he did go into Indianapolis and play good and beat Peyton Manning and the Colts, and then went to Denver and was awesome in the AFC Championship to get them to the Super Bowl. But I mean, Ben was magical for a period of time, and, and I know we've waxed poetically about it a little bit too. The one area I'll always give Ben credit for and being a baller and yeah, he was a pain in the butt and everything there, but man, Ben went to two Super Bowls with offensive lines that weren't very good, and the year they, they beat, were horrible. The year they beat the Cardinals, you're right. I mean, I think so, some people would view it as like, man, that might have been one of the, the worst offensive lines in football, and they went to the Super Bowl because Big Ben could just – he could throw with people on him, hitting him, bearing down on him, moving around like he was Fred Flintstone in the pocket and pumping around, pumping the ball and doing all that. And that's where he was special. It wasn't necessarily by the book, but you know the big soldier got it done a lot. And, and it, was, it was by his great physical ability and his toughness. And you're right, they were horrible. And that's where I always will respect Big Ben to, to another degree.
On the ESPN pregame show last night, they were dancing around this specific topic and they stopped short of really honing in on what the key was to dealing with Big Ben. You know, when you get to him when he's moving left and right back in his heyday, what do you need to do? And I think it was Booger McFarland said, well, you need to tackle him. No, the point is you can't tackle him. What you need to do, and this is the Rodney Harrison coaching point that I remember from years ago, what you need to do is you got to hit his arms because even while you've got three guys on him, yeah. he's still going to find a way yeah, to get his arm ball. up and get rid of the football. Yeah. So if you get close to him, job number one is get your arm on his arm because he's still going to find a way to throw the right? football. And that's what was so amazing about it. It was He had mobility in that he could move left and right and back and forth, and he had the ability when someone was trying to pull him to the ground to still make a throw. Yeah. No one, no one, you know, we, we see the funny body angles and all the different things that guys do now, but there isn't a quarterback now that if you are dragging him down is going to make the throw consistently like Ben did in his prime yeah. and in the early years of his career. Yeah, that, that, that's it. I mean, really, that, that maybe that's what we're trying to say here. I think – Maybe the best quarterback or one of the best I've ever seen with people bearing down on him and people around him and harassing him. You know, games where you'd go, whoa, they're not protecting. They're, they're, they're collapsing the pocket and putting a lot of pressure on the quarterback where you'd go, well, this, this team's not going to be able to get through it or the quarterback's just overwhelmed with people around him. There were so many games in the first – 14 years of Ben's career where you went, that's unbelievable that he threw for 315 yards and two touchdowns and an interception that game with the kind of pressure he was under. And I used to literally like, you know, I do things on my podcast because in his prime, he'd be like, you know, like you're talking about people would be on him. He'd just be like, rawr, 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 and throw the ball. And you'd be like, How, what is that? How do you do that? I mean, that's just unbelievable. And he is just a big sandwich-eating, beer-drinking Ohio guy who just fit Pittsburgh and just wanted to go out and play. Might have not been into all the checks and the nuances and every detail of his offense, but he was just like, hey, coach, I got it. Don't worry. Just let me get out here get the ball, and I'll make it happen, and we'll go down to that part and get a touchdown. And that's where it was different than the other great quarterbacks that we know of this generation where Brady and – Manning and Drew Brees and it's laser and precision. Big Ben was kind of just like, ah, oh, shut up, coach. I know the plays. The hell with it. I'll make it work. Don't coach me too much. You're getting in my head and confusing me. And that's where I, I love Big Ben for that. I really do. Like you, the conversations you heard me have a few years ago. Doesn't know how he grips the ball. Barely practiced in the offseason. Ah, it doesn't matter. We'll go out there and I'll play good. <laughs> and there was an interesting exercise last night during the wall-to-wall Big Ben coverage of the alternative history where if the Browns had drafted him in 2004 and kept him in Ohio and how he went on to torment the Browns. Look, yeah, that was look, a cool story last Bra- night. <laughs> but, 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 you know, but, but here, here, Browns fans who are, who are burning up emotional energy, wishing they could go back to 2004 and take Big Ben instead of Kellen Winslow Jr. or Kellen Winslow II. I I can't remember what the proper designation was. But I'll say this. Trust in the very simple reality that the Browns would have screwed him up. That it wouldn't have worked in Cleveland <laughs> like it worked in Pittsburgh, right? Right? <laughs> I, I, yes. I mean, I mean, good morning, Cleveland. But yes, I tend to agree but, with you. <laughs> but your, yeah. your organization yeah. 
The Cleveland Browns would have screwed up Ben Roethlisberger. It wouldn't have worked, and he would have ended up with someone else or or just would have ended up out of the league. I mean, th- th- this is one of the points that we need to continue to remember year after year, especially with the draft coming up. It's going to be here before you know it. Where that quarterback lands to start his career, and he has no control over it, except when he chooses to try to exercise control over it, which happens all too infrequently. Where you start your career is a huge determining factor in what that career is going to look like. And there aren't many other places where Ben Roethlisberger goes in in 2004 and goes out in 2021 with no break in that 18-year chain. And... Uh, you know, as as the Steelers are looking for a quarterback, if you're an incoming quarterback, forget about the veterans that are out there that may be making googly eyes at the Steelers like Aaron Rodgers. Forget about that. If you're an incoming quarterback and you're looking at the draft order, you keep keep pulling your eyes down to wherever the Steelers are. You know, maybe the best uh, the best thing that happened to the Mississippi quarterback on Saturday uh, was the injury. Maybe he'll be there. When the Steelers yeah. pick, I mean, they, they they need a guy, and we've seen what that organization. Let's not lose sight of the fact that great organizations make a difference. And I, he just he wouldn't have made it in Cleveland, probably not because of yeah. Cleveland, right. not because of the city, yeah, because of the football team yes. that's there and the way it's been run for the past generation. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he didn't. You know, uh, there's no doubt. It's hard to argue. You look at any great quarterback in the history of football; they had a support system early on in their career. You know, you know we, we've talked about it. it. It doesn't matter if you go back to Joe Montana with the 49ers. You know, you get to Tom Brady, you know, hey, we're going to play defense, run the ball, manage the game, ask you to make a few throws. Russell Wilson, we can go down that conversation as well. You know, yes, Big Ben, he had the luxury of being a part of the organization and Bill Cower when he first got there that, hey, we didn't need to put a lot of pressure on the rookie star quarterback. Let's run the ball. Let's play defense. We'll just ask him to make a play or two throughout the game. And it continued to grow and grow and grow to where it became, hey, you just go run the show. You're the man. We'll, we'll, we'll do whatever you want. And we'll, we'll, we'll try to figure this out you know, through your eyes. Uh, that's what it blossomed into. And, and I think your point's real. I don't know if we could have expected those same results in Cleveland. Certainly not. I mean, things have gone all over the place there for the, the, this, this century. Uh, in Cleveland. So you're, you make a great point there. Support system's huge. We see it this year right now in 2021 NFL. We see it right now. The generational talent in Trevor Lawrence is in a place in Jacksonville where, I mean, uh, he he looks doesn't look nearly as good as Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, or Justin Fields. I mean, nowhere close to that. It's concerning right or, now. Or, or Davis Mills. Or Davis, right. I mean, it, it's concerning right now the way Trevor Lawrence looks down there. Uh, I was texting, you know, guys in NBC last night just because I had watched the game against the Patriots yesterday. So it's a very real point, and Pittsburgh is still, even though not the best team this year, got a lot of pieces that, you know, can, can lay the foundation for a team that can turn it around you know, pretty quickly. We'll see what they can do. But, yes, Big Ben was fortunate to be there in, in that organization. This is a topic for another day, but this is a, a, an occasion for, for me to explain why, from time to time, you will hear me say that the draft is a mistake, that quarterbacks and all players should be able to pick where they go. And, Chris, here's, here's one reason why 
people should take that seriously. Giving the crap teams dibs on the best players coming out of college football creates no incentive on the crap organizations to become less crappy. You talk about having the support system. Well, you know what? If you've got to recruit your quarterback, if you've got to convince him to come play for you, instead of being able to say, oh, yeah, well, hey, well, we stunk this year. We get the best quarterback. Let's ruin him until three years from now when we'll ruin the next one. You, you have an incentive to be not dysfunctional at that point. You have to be sufficiently functional to attract someone to come to you. And, and see, a team that needs a quarterback is going to be most likely to attract a great young quarterback. They're not going to go to Kansas City. They're not going to go to Dallas where you got a guy under contract for four years at $160 million. They're going to go to the place where they think they're going to get to play. But they're going to go to the place where they think they're going to get to play, and they're also going to develop the way they need to. It's, it's you know, at a time when the NFL should be thinking about coming up with ways – to ensure that the best young quarterbacks are properly groomed and mentored and develop into guys if the NFL wants to expand, and I think they do, to 34, 36, 38, 40, you can't just have these guys land in a wasteland that ruins their careers. And you encourage that. And, and, and let me be more accurate. You don't discourage it by giving Jacksonville one of, one of the top three picks every year. That's your reward for being bad. Why is there a reward for being bad? There should be an incentive to not be bad. Anyway... Uh, anyway, I don't, know. I don't disagree with the, you. The, I don't necessarily disagree with you with all that, but but that that's fine. I understand what don't you're saying. Don't we want great quarterback play? Don't we want to incentivize sure. teams to develop the support system? But the current so system is pretty damn play? good. I mean, we were at like 24 teams were in the playoff race till last week. It's competitive. I know. You know right. We also got to take Trevor Lawrence wasn't. Well, I know, but you also got to take it. We were kind of saying these things about Joe Burrow and Cincinnati, and now they're the most fun thing, damn offense to watch in football, and it's the great. So it doesn't always work out to the negative way, but your point is real. Uh, the, the, yes, the, the support system's very, like, very real for – it could be a superstar quarterback, and you go to a crap situation, and like we always say, you're going to look like crap and smell like crap, and that's, that's a lot to overcome for a young kid, and it makes it tough there. Yeah, we, we've seen some quarterbacks have gotten a little more fortunate as far as their support system early on in their career, and that allows them to develop into something – where you'd go, oh, I don't know, maybe if you put that quarterback there, he might have too, but, you know, hey, you know, it's just it, it's, it's hard that way. I understand what you're saying. That may have been one of the things Baker Mayfield was thinking last night. I got stuck in a spot where Hugh Jackson was my head coach, and then Freddie Kitchens was my head coach, and, you know, it, we've had just a revolving door of dysfunction. Uh, and, uh, you know, if I would have started in a place like Pittsburgh – Maybe I'd be four years into a Hall of Fame career, just like Big Ben was. So it's 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 a conversation right now because I think the contrast isn't any greater between what we've seen in Pittsburgh for the last eighteen years and what we've seen in Cleveland for the last eighteen years. And Ben could have been if the Browns weren't sufficiently dysfunctional to not realize what Ben could be. He would have been part of the dysfunction and ruined by the Cleveland Browns by 2009. Uh, T.J. Watt, not ruined at all by being a member of the Steelers. I remember when they drafted him in the first round several years ago. It just it felt perfect. It was one of those things where I really hadn't thought about T.J. Watt at the Steelers, but when you hear it called out, it's right. like, boy, this is going to work. Like, Duh. And yeah. it worked well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and it worked so well that he got to 21 and a half sacks Woo! last night, one short of the asterisk Michael Strahan record because the 22nd and a half sack was a fake and a phony and a fraudulent sack, and the passage of time does not change the fact that Brett Favre deliberately gave him that sack. So T.J. Watt has tied Michael Strahan in my mind. Here's Watt talking about 
where he stands after getting four sacks last night against the Browns. First year or two, I used to do big individual goals, X amount of sacks, TFLs, all that stuff, but adds too much pressure you start chasing and all that stuff and now it's just trying to affect every game uh, the best that I can prepare and uh, it's been working for me so I'm not really looking at goals like that anymore just trying to be a game wrecker oh he, he is a game wrecker and look somebody talked earlier this year about the difference between pressures and sacks I think it was Bill Belichick the the sacks can't ultimately be controlled all you can do is get yourself in the vicinity of the quarterback right the sacks will come sometimes they come sometimes they don't and it's frustrating when you get close and you don't get the sack but just keep getting close just keep doing what you can to get close and sometimes the planets line up sometimes they don't and this year they have lined up repeatedly for tj watt and last night they almost lined up to the point where he overshadowed big ben knight in pittsburgh by breaking the single season sack record i I know well there was a part of me that was kind of you know rooting for it you know because of what you said so there would be no asterisk so you could just go like man get one more sack and tie michael strahan and now we could go ahead they both got 22 and a half sacks in a 16 game season no that would have been cool one got no 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 i did not get 22 and a half i know jared allen got 22 justin houston got 22 that's the real record yeah i mean in a lot of ways yes Uh, brett Favre. i I, you know that yes that was not it was not cool to the rest of the the history of the nfl that brett Favre did that but either way like TJ Watt, I mean, you said it. Just it's it's special. Brett did it for Uncle Rube. He yeah, maybe right. that's the explanation. He, he, yeah, maybe he did. He affects the game <laughs> in so many ways, and what he does. I mean, you're funny, but he really is just like. I mean, you know, just the the hustle, the pedal to the metal every play. Let alone just the great physical ability. I mean, strength, speed, ability to bend and turn the corner unbelievable quick powerful hands on some of those sacks also like just like he kind of just said affecting the game and the broader picture I mean first off how many times did the Pittsburgh the defensive line realize that you know Baker Mayfield's gonna throw the ball and he's got that long windup that's so deliberate they timed it out and batted balls down you know that that was another issue last night for Baker Mayfield on the offensive side of the ball. But you know Watt doing that, like we saw in the clip there, he's just a phenomenal football player. And, and let alone, he's not just a pass rusher. You can drop him into pass coverage in that three-four scheme, and he can do a lot of stuff that way. He is, uh, you know, awesome. He really was. That was an amazing performance last night. I should have mentioned Mark Gastineau as well. He was the original 22 sack yeah, guy right. back in 1984. Jared stage. Allen did it in 2011 for a 3 and 13 Vikings team. Justin Houston did it with the Chiefs in 2014. 22 in my mind is the record shared by three guys. TJ Watt can set and hey, 17 games to set, you know, people are like, "Oh, well, there should be a difference now." No. When it went from 14 to 16, nobody there ever was said no difference, boo. right? The size of the season is now 17 games. So the single season records eventually will adjust to 17, just like they'll adjust to 18. It's never going to be more than 18. I'd be stunned if it is. Watch, it'll be 20 someday. But uh, whatever the size of the season is, that's how you determine the single season record. That That's it, period. So T.J. Watt gets one more game to get one more sack to tie the asterisk Michael Strahan, 22 and a half, and one and a half sacks gives him the single season record. And I hope he gets it. I, I, it's been 20 years now of, of seeing 
the fraudulent Michael Strahan record. And I'm sorry. I Michael Strahan's gone on to do great things. Great things. Yeah, he's uh, awesome. It's, it's not personal. He's but that record, awesome. that right. record, it's fraudulent. He shouldn't have wanted that. Why do you want that? It was a gift from Brett Favre who called an audible to give Michael Strahan the extra sack. I, I'm sorry. It's just, I'm not I'm not a purist by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a fraudulent record. Well, yeah, so. well it disrespects and, uh, the other guys. It, it just disrespect, it exactly. disrespected the guys who had the record, who have worked, who had worked so hard and, you know, got it in a way that was within natural competition of the football game, not a, you know, stage moment where it's like, oh, the pitcher knows this is a big, you know, he's he's willing to be a part of the history here. He's going to throw the ball down the middle so the guy can break the home run record here. That was what that kind of was, and that's not football. That's cool in baseball. That's great. Good. But that, that doesn't go down in football. That's where, yeah, it's a little flawed, certainly, that way. Uh, but, man... T.J. Watt, uh, just what an unbelievable year by him. It really is. And, 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 and also added to that, he hasn't even been a totally healthy and missed games. I think that's, you know, you got to remember that aspect too. That even makes it, you know, that much more special. Yeah, he missed uh, several games and, and fought back from a COVID diagnosis to come back. And I mean, not that you can really make yourself negative, but it was a week after he had COVID. Now yeah. the thinking is the game at Cincinnati, he really was suffering from COVID symptoms, tested positive the next day, right. but was cleared for the following week and had a great game, phenomenal game against the Ravens. So uh, he, the defensive player of the year award, there's been debate about, you know, should it be this guy? Should it be that guy? Should it be this? It's, after last night to have four sacks, on Big Ben night in Pittsburgh, look at how the odds have shifted. I know, it's Minus crazy. 304, TJ Watt. I don't know, how does it end up so specific? I've never seen it that specific, but minus 304, that means you got to bet $304 to win 100. Uh, Micah Parsons is the, the next guy in line. Aaron Donald, the, he could you, you just name the award after him. But even this year, you got you got to give TJ Watt the consideration. I was looking at the single-season records. It, it's amazing what's in the Watt DNA. T.J. Watt with 21.5 this year. J.J. has two 20.5 sack seasons in 2012 and 2014. He won Defensive Player of the Year both times, and it's time for T.J. Watt to get his. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy. I don't know. We, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's hard to argue, I guess, right now. Michael Parsons had such a phenomenal football year. He really did. He's affected so many games, and it is – in my opinion, the most important single player on that Cowboys defense for their for their turnaround on that side of the ball and for their turnaround as a football team, you know that that's where it, it's a tough one. Yeah, he doesn't have those sacks to match up that way, but man, it, you know, as, as far as throughout the season, I do think Michael Parsons has affected you know the games every bit as much as T.J. Watt is here. So this this is an interesting discussion. Yeah, he's not going to have that big number there. Uh, but I mean, you know, it, yeah, it, it, it's crazy in the fact where uh, the last few weeks, yeah, TJ Watt, what he's going to do and what he did last night, it's going to put him in the lead as, as, you know, uh, defensive player of the year and Joe Burrow, what he did the last few weeks, all of a sudden is going to throw him into maybe the lead guy in the comeback player of the year or the MVP conversation, just kind of out of nowhere, both guys kind of just jumped onto the, the top or the top of the leaderboard here. And uh, that's that's what's amazing here. And I don't know. I don't know if I really feel like T.J. Watt was the best defensive player of the year this year. I understand he was right there. He's amazing. I'm not trying to take anything away with it. But, man, there was so many weeks I've come away 
where Micah Parsons was more of the story of the week as far as the defensive yep. player. He'll get he'll get defensive rookie of the I year, know, and he'll I be know. defensive. If he can I keep it, it up, yeah, he'll, he'll get, get his hardware. I get this it. year, I get it. 21 and a half sacks in 14 games for TJ Watt. Yeah, I know. That's amazing. That's amazing. Fighting through injury yep. all year long for the most part. Uh, it would be a stunner right now if he doesn't get it. And then ultimately, the odds makers don't have one of the votes, and it's 50 humans who cast these ballots. But based on that on number and that, that, yeah. that number is undeniable. Yeah. And he still has one more game mm -hmm. to go out and try to add to it. All right, uh, let's go ahead and take a break. There was one more thing I was going to say, and you know what? It was pretty good, and I can't remember what it is. Oh, well, sometimes those moments happen. Oh, I know what it is, and the, it wasn't that good. That the Browns? You said leaderboard. No, you said leaderboard. I know. And I am so used to you saying leader house, which is not a word, that when you said leaderboard, I it thought didn't something's even sound wrong. right. Right, I know. Something's wrong here. I know. I, yeah. You're right. That's I, it. I, I, that, I, was my <laughs> important, that was my important was point. Important. Oh, well, sorry. <laughs> Would have been better if I didn't remember it. Let's take a break. Uh, what's going on with the Buccaneers and Antonio Brown? We'll try to figure out that out next here, not on PFTPM, but on PFT Live. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. The Antonio Brown incident from Sunday continues to create plenty of questions and discussion and speculation and uncertainty as to, most importantly, what the Buccaneers are going to do with him. They said he's off the team. 4 p.m. Eastern came and went yesterday. He was not released by the Buccaneers. Reportedly, the Buccaneers talking to the league office about designations, proper procedures. Chris, I got a feeling they're trying to find a way. Yeah. I explained it last night at PFT to not have their cake and not let anyone else eat it too. Right. They don't want him playing for anybody else. They're trying to engineer this, I believe, to keep him from landing on the Packers, the Chiefs, or the Rams. And I throw the Rams in there because, hell, anybody else with name recognition who's available, the <laughs> yeah, Rams end right. up at the table. Packers, Chiefs, Rams are the three teams that I think would be considering it. And the Buccaneers, I believe, are trying to find a way to thread this needle so they don't have to keep him on the team, but they don't have to deal with him 
as a member of any opponent they may face between now and February 13th. I, I would agree with that 100%. I mean, that was my thought or my take, you know, just, you know, again, reading the events of yesterday and everything that went on around Antonio Brown. Uh, I, I think you're spot on. Yeah, they don't they don't want to they don't want to yeah, they don't want to give him that opportunity one because they're pissed at him probably personally just to be like, "What? I mean, you screwed us and left us in the middle of the football game." Okay? So, yeah, they, they don't want to do him any favors and like, "Oh, now we're going to release you and let you go somewhere else and life's just fine." Oh, great. No big deal you did that to us. I understand that aspect. I'm sure they are trying to thread that needle to figure out, you know, yeah, is it a, did he break team rules? Can they suspend him without pay? Whatever it might be, to the fact where, yeah, they can keep him some way on the roster or in the organization, but he's not really a part of the organization anymore and he can't go be a part of any other football teams. I, I think 100%, Mike. That's the way I look at it, no doubt about it. And I don't like it. I, I don't like it. If you're done with him, be done with him. If he's off the team, let him go be on another team. But you know what? This is part of the games that are played by personnel departments throughout the league to try to engineer the outcome that they're looking for. And hey, there's no guarantee he's going to make it to the Chiefs, the Packers, or the Rams. If he gets released right now, he passes through waivers. There could be some team out there that makes a spite waiver claim like the Chargers did 19 years ago to keep Deion Sanders from going from the Washington Reserve retired list straight to the Raiders for their Super Bowl run. Marty Schottenheimer said, no, that's not happening. We're, we're claiming you on waivers. That, that could happen. There could be a team out there that just says, no, we're not letting you pick your neck. We're not, no, 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 we're done. We're done. No, that's it. Uh, for whatever old grievance may be floating around out there toward Antonio Brown. So that's part of this, too. Even if they cut him, there's no guarantee he's going to work his way to the Chiefs, the Packers, the Rams, or anyone else. I would still favor that outcome, though. I do. I mean, you, you, that's still going to be what you'd bet on, what you think's going to happen. I don't yes. really think a team's going to do what you're talking about. You're right, that option's on the table. But will they actually do that? I, I don't know. I, you know, again, you do that, you're going to have to deal with Antonio Brown on social media causing a stir, and your your team going to have to answer questions. And now all of a sudden, Antonio Brown, even though you just signed him to not let another team do it, he's a distraction. Even though he's not going to be in your locker room because everybody's going to be answering about it, and he's he's not going to let it go down. I mean, even the way he's going out right here, he's going out in a blaze of glory, and he just he doesn't give a damn at all. I mean, that's going to scare any team from claiming them, uh, at least from that, that that's viewpoint, hey, at least, is what I would say. And that's the first question. Does he even want I don't know, to keep I know. playing this right. year? Right. I, we, we saw him last night courtside at the uh, uh, Brooklyn Nets, Memphis Grizzlies. Are they the Memphis Griz the, Grizzlies now? I remember yes. when they were the Vancouver Grizzlies they are the when Memphis they were first Grizzlies. founded in yes, 1994. They are, you're right. but, uh, so I, I, he hasn't even left the New York area. And I doubt that he wants to play for the Jets or the Giants for a meaningless Week 18 game. I think if he wants to no. play, it's to pursue a championship. And the Chiefs are the most obvious destination right. to me because Andy Reid loves to give guys second chances. Or I don't know, I don't know what number we're up to with Antonio 74. Brown. Seventy-four, not second. About seventy-four. Uh, and 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 also Josh Gordon, the guy to whom they gave his latest umpteenth second chance although he's a different story altogether and I've got issues and problems with why he's never been able to fully blossom because the NFL cares about things they shouldn't care about like a guy smoking marijuana on his own time he's got five catches for 32 yards in 11 games this year it's it's not a stretch to say it would be an upgrade from Josh Gordon to Antonio Brown right there right there hey hey Josh you know we've kept you around for three months we've tried it just hasn't worked we got to go in a different direction and here comes Antonio Brown and that could be the difference. And when you look at the Chiefs, they have to be doing some soul searching after what happened in Cincinnati on Sunday. 
Maybe if they get an opportunity to get Antonio Brown, they jump on it. Yeah. And then and then maybe the Buccaneers regret it February 13 in L.A. if it's Buccaneers-Chiefs in the Super Bowl and Antonio Brown is helping make the difference for the Chiefs like he helped make the difference last year for the Buccaneers. Yeah. It's that simple. And, yeah. and again, I don't like it, but it's not like there's anything anyone can do about yeah. it. And Antonio Brown, at some and look, we don't know how much blame goes around here. I think the Bucs are doing a good job as painting him as the bad guy and also not so subtly painting him as having mental health issues. I I think there's more to this story. We were talking about this yesterday on PFTPM. I'd like to get some people under oath and ask him some tough questions because I, 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 I feel like there's some some blame to go around on how this all fell apart on Sunday, Chris. I, I mean, I, I would think at some point we'll, we'll hear those stories. I, I don't know what, what the hell went on. I, I wouldn't. But I do think we named the teams that I think are the, the – the teams I would look at to go, they're in the leader house. Uh, yeah, there, we there we go, right? For for a guy like Antonio Brown. Yeah, the Bucks got to be scared of Super Bowl Chiefs. Wait, they do need another weapon. We know that. They need another weapon. And especially, hey, wait, no, they got to play the Bengals in the AFC Championship game. So you saw there, they, they need another weapon. I mean, they, they their offense disappeared in the second half of the football game the other day. You know, the Rams certainly could use another one. You know, and you you know they are they they have two coaches that are into blending those personalities. The Packers, I don't know who knows. You know, the Packers, if it's seven cents too expensive, they might not do it. So you never know with them. <laughs> but but it, it would make sense and and have the same put the same fear in the Bucks too. Now here's the other question I want to ask you about this a little bit. Like, what I mean, the the story of right now of he didn't want to go back in because his ankle. Can we play the video right. of him leaving the field well, again, well, please? Yeah. yeah. Well, Because this doesn't look like a guy who has an ankle problem as he's Chris, running and I'm jogging. Su I'm, and surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised you would say that because you, of all people, would know the difference between running and jogging off a field and making hard cuts out of breaks I, I get and that. doing everything yeah. you have to but, do but, when yeah, you're playing. But this is Antonio that, Brown on strike 74. But, this but, is but awful. I know, it, I know. He could have said this but in the social media. Said, he didn't. This is totally his agent on damage control to try well, to give him another chance. Come on. We know that. Well, come on. Well, okay. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But let's, there's not let's one lip on film. There you can watch him. He's running routes perfect. There's nothing. There's nothing. Bullcrap, 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 bullcrap. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm not let's mad have at the you conversation, though. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. But, but you know, the, the way that it has come out, and, and this, hey, hey, you know, if the NFL is going to own and operate its own media conglomerate and they're going to have people on the air saying these things, then they become relevant to the conversation. Yeah. And Ian Rappaport was saying yesterday that Antonio Brown's position is that, that his ankle was sore, and that's why he didn't go back in the game when Bruce Arians told him to go back in the game. Well, he... He does have an ankle injury. I know. I, you know, people are like, oh, I didn't know anything about an ankle. We're going to play Bruce Arians in a second. He missed practice on Thursday of last week. He missed practice on Friday of last week because of the ankle injury. He was listed as questionable. There was doubt that he was even going to travel to New Jersey. You know, and that's usually what happens. A guy gets listed as questionable and you wait and see. Do they downgrade him to out the day before the game and not take him? There was question as to whether he was even going to go. There was question as to whether he's going to play. So it's not like it was some phantom injury I get you. where I know. he's You're saying, right. oh, my, oh, my right. arm, it's broken. Right. He had an ankle injury going into the game. Yeah. So there is, there is something there. Uh, but the question is, did he say when he was being told, go back into the game, hey, my ankle's sore. Here's Bruce Arians addressing that topic yesterday in his Monday press conference with reporters. Can you can you fire a player if he won't go because he's injured? I don't know that he was. 
Did he, did he say that he was, or was there a dispute no. about that? No. He just refused to go in, or can you tell us more about it? Not really. I mean, it, what happened is pretty obvious what happened. So, uh, you know, he left the field, and that was it. Bruce, just to clarify on AB, so, so you didn't tell him to leave. He left completely on his own in this thing yesterday. We had a conversation, and he left the field, yeah. Was there any issue or displeasure on, on the team's part with the way that AB handled his rehab for his ankle injury? No, no whatsoever. He was cleared to play last week, played good, cleared to play this week. He played better than good against the Panthers yeah. in week 16. Right. Now, Bruce Arians is the first one, frankly, I'd want to put under oath because there's a point where he's going to stop answering questions from reporters. If you got him under oath, he has to keep answering the questions. And there's there's enough there. And this is a pasta and meatballs thing for me, Chris. I yeah. used to question people sitting across from the table. There's enough there for follow-up questions to probe, to test whether or not there are underpinnings of logic in the things that are being said. You know, at one point, Bruce Arians says, well, we all saw what happened. Well, that was after the conversation. The conversation caused what happened. I want to know what was said by everyone involved. I want to know who heard what before I can come to the conclusion that that Antonio Brown did or didn't say my ankle is sore and whether or not Bruce Arians did or didn't react to that angrily and say you're off the team. Because, frankly, I kind of like the – look, it, 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 if, if somebody comes to me in the middle of the day and says you're fired, I'm not hanging around – for the rest of the day. Now, how I walk out the door with my box of effects, you know, I would probably leave my clothes on while I did it. But if I'm in a workplace and they come to me at the middle of the day, right after lunchtime and say, you're fired, I'm not hanging around for the rest of the day. So, uh, I just I, doubt know, they said I, you're fired. You know, I, that's, well, I said, uh, you're off the team. That's that. He said, you're off the team. I've that that's been reported. I don't know that he said that yesterday, but the whole idea was he said, get back in the game. Antonio Brown said no. He said, get back in the game. Antonio Brown said no. And at some point, Arian said, well, then you're off the team. So he, he took it literally, and he left the team. So that's the thing. That conversation, especially when that's, you're dealing with Antonio Brown. Yeah, right. When you're dealing with him, right, because Bruce Arians knows people very well. He's been coaching for years. He knows how to press guys' buttons. I, I feel like maybe there was a little pressing of Antonio Brown's buttons because I have a feeling that Antonio Brown had gotten down to Bruce Arians very last nerve over some of the stuff he's had to deal with because here's Tommy's guy I didn't want this guy in the first place last year and we can pull the quotes Bruce Arians said no Antonio Brown he was with him for two years in Pittsburgh no Antonio Brown no 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 oh we're signing Antonio Brown well from the get-go we knew come on you don't need to be a genius, which qualifies me to engage in this analysis, that it was because of Tom Brady. And it's always been because of Tom Brady. Yeah. And maybe Bruce Arians saw an opening to just say the right thing at the right time to spark the eruption of Mount Antonio that brought this all to an end. And and Tom Brady didn't even know what the hell was going on. Well, this is the best way. If you want him out of there and you know Tom's not going to let him go, the best way to make it happen is to spark an eruption that has Antonio Brown walk away for good. Then you get what you want. You don't have to deal with this guy anymore. Uh, I'm not ready to say that that didn't happen at some level for Bruce Arians. I I, I don't. I I find that I would find that to be far fetched. I I would. I, I can't, why why well, what about what about what's happened over the past few weeks would make you think it's far fetched that there's some power play going on between Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. 
Brady over the fate of Antonio Brown. I don't, well, the 10, that's why, 10 receptions that's why for 101 back, yards a week before uh, and the fact that they need passes? them. Who's I know. Those well, passes? okay, but I mean, Bruce Arians needs it too. He'd like to win another Super Bowl. I don't think he's like totally sitting here trying to like, you know, uh, what's the the phrase I always but, uh, butcher? Cut off his nose to spite his face. You know, bite it, off his nose. Yeah, bite, bite off his, his nose. <laughs> right. But but to me, like this is where it it still smells fishy, and I'm gonna support Bruce Arians. It just doesn't seem like the normal, you know, checks and balances were done here. You know, one, yes, I know he was on the injury report last week. I do. But he's also the kind of guy in the part of his career where it's like, yeah, they get the guys like him get days off in practice if they've had an injury that was lingering. He certainly didn't look injured in the game against Carolina. Did not I didn't see anything that say he was injured against the, the Jets. We don't see any conversations between him and a trainer on the sideline looking at an ankle. There's none of that. You know? I mean, if Antonio Brown was really going to the trainer and going, man, I can't play, I can't do this, I have a hard time thinking Bruce Arians and the Bucks are going to keep all these people quiet to, to just screw over Antonio Brown for this situation. Like, there's no way. That's going to get out. Players were there. They would have witnessed, like, no, I, I heard Antonio Brown trying to tell them their ankle was hurt. There's, so there, you, that's not going to be able to be kept secret. Like, that's going to come out. And to me, that's where I'm still going to go with – the side of the Bucks and Bruce Arians in this one to where I don't know exactly how it went Listen, down. But, I, it, but, but it, I'm, not, I'm not picking a side. Yeah, I'm not I know picking you're not. a side. I'm saying there's reason to ask questions that we're never going to get to ask and we're never going to get straight answers to. I'm not saying that it definitely happened that way. I'm saying, look, hey, th this constant drumbeat of he needs help and he's got mental health issues is the perfect cover for all sorts of shenanigans that may have gone on to lead to the point where he's saying, oh, poor Antonio Brown, we hope he gets the help he needs. I mean, Tom Brady was on his podcast last night with Jim Gray saying over and over again, Antonio Brown's got all these issues and, you know, we love him and we hope he gets help. I hope Tom Brady's at the front of the line helping him as much on the way out as he helped him on the way in if he claims to love this guy because the guy needs help right now and Tom Brady is one of the few human beings on the planet who has proven that he can get through to Antonio Brown. So you could argue Antonio Brown needs Tom Brady now more than ever, but I don't know that Tom Brady is going to press pause on his routine to make sure that his friend Antonio Brown gets the help that he needs if he truly needs help. I just I, – I, I have so many questions about what happened on that. Sunday. I get that. And we're never going to yeah. get the answers to them. But I, I think that we should allow for the possibility – that maybe, just maybe, and I like how Tuesdays have become our let's argue about something Bruce Arians said or did day of the week. <laughs> You're right. But 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 I I I I just I, my my gut is telling me there's a chance that Arians had enough of Antonio Brown. He knew he was never going to get Tom Brady to sign off on cutting Antonio Brown, and an opportunity arose in the heat of the moment to get to where he wants to be, which is Antonio Brown no longer on the team. But also, if we can finagle it that we don't have to worry about Antonio Brown playing for somewhere one else, then Mike Evans is healthy. Cyril Grayson's been a godsend for that team. They've got other guys that they can get up to speed. Gronk is still Gronk. You know, Arians probably thinks they don't need Antonio Brown as much as maybe Tom Brady thinks they do. Yeah, I, I just, you know, again, I think that's where I just would get into it. I just, I, I just, I, I can't imagine Bruce Arians sabotaging or doing that 
You know, I I can understand everything I you're saying. I can imagine any I can imagine any NFL head coach doing exactly what I just said. And I suspect that guys have acted that way and been motivated that way and done those things multiple times in the past because it goes with the territory. You are the king of that team. I and get you it. Want I believe your way, and you've got a player who's got more power than you in your quarterback, and you're going to get. It's still my team, and I'm going to get to where I want to be. And if I have to work around my quarterback to make it happen, I'm going to do it. I. I suspect that that's that's probably happened a time or two in the 102 years i'm sure but never in that fashion never and we really don't bruce arians has has not really shown to be that guy i mean not not really so that's where i just again the evidence uh the this is where sorry but character and the things you've done in the past get used against you and i'm gonna side with bruce arians over the guy that i've seen mess up a hundred situations in the last five years. I'm sorry. I'm just, that, I got to be proven totally wrong until I go down. I'm going to believe Antonio Brown in this one. I can't. And then, I mean, leaving the field, super gremlin, no excuses, all the things on social media, still in New York right now. Like you said, none of that adds up to like, I'm going to side with Antonio Brown in this one. And not to say your hey, questions aren't just. I get it. They, those, I would love some of those questions to be asked. I'm dying to know some of these details too. But uh, I, I just, again, I just, I, 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 I don't, I can't totally buy into what you're saying as far as, as Bruce Arians doing that. Please don't confuse me with, as the kids would say, an Antonio Brown stan. No. Yeah, I, I am. I I'm am not. I'm not. On record, I know you're just I, giving I, but, both your you're giving both sides here. I get it. I, I I believe this. Every player in the National Football League, every citizen of this country, every citizen of the world has basic rights, and I'm always on the lookout for situations where maybe the frailties and the flaws and the mental health issues of people are used against them to provide cover for intentional plans, strategies, something that maybe even borders on Machiavelli. And I'm always on the lookout for that. And I'm not saying it's happening here. I'm saying I wish I had subpoena power. I wish I could sit down with these folks and ask question after question after question and fully investigate this. And it's never going to be fully investigated. It's never going to happen because because Antonio Brown is his own worst enemy, because he's had. See, that's the problem. When you are someone who has messed up time and time and time and time again, yeah, right. You necessarily end up with less rights than you should have because there's no one to stand up for you then. Right. You've alienated everyone. You've pissed off everyone. Sorry, London. You have and and but but that's what's unfortunate because he still has the same rights that everyone else has. And it's unfortunate if they're gonna mess with this guy. Ultimately because they don't want him to be wearing a red helmet and catching passes from Patrick Mahomes at SoFi Stadium when it's Buccaneers versus Chiefs in Super Bowl 56. That's ultimately why they're doing it now, well, it, I think. It, if there is anything like that going yeah, on. Yeah, well, it's just funny, you know, and it's two weeks before we're going, you know, will they bring, you know, two weeks ago we're going, are they going to bring them back after the fake vaccination card and all that to where, you know, again, I'm sure they want to stick it to them to a degree. They put themselves out on the, they let, they put themselves out on the ledge and gave him, you know, strike 74 here. And let him come back after the vaccination debacle and the fake card and all that. So that's probably where they feel even extra burned. Like, man, we took a lot of heat and crap from you from the NFL and the the sports media all over the country. And we 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 were giving you another chance here. 
and I can understand, you know, I don't, again, I don't know what the hell happened, but I can understand that disagreement or whatever going on on the sidelines where, you know, okay, that goes down. And after the game, the Bucks are going, wait, we're not going to let this guy now just work his way into the situation he wants to. We just stuck our neck out there to, to kind of give him another chance and an opportunity here. And he burned us. And that's where they're going to have a hard time. But they did they it also, for themselves. They did it for themselves. They did it for themselves. I, I know. That's yes. where you also got to get back to that, too. I These are not humanitarians. These are, yeah. These are people who are trying to win Super Bowls. They yes. did it for themselves, yes. and they did get burned. And uh, their attitude should be, if someone else wants to get burned by this guy, go ahead. But see, he doesn't have to hold it together for very long if he goes to another team. That That's the reality. It's just a, it's a three-, four-week proposition, right. and maybe he can just to spite the Buccaneers, hold it together long enough to help the Chiefs get to the top of the mountain. So that, that's, that's part of what's going on. And now, if if the system ends up keeping him from joining another team this year and he's sufficiently upset and he's a posi- in a position where he can find someone who he can tell the story to in a very persuasive and convincing way, I'd love to know everything he knows about the fake vaccine card subculture in the NFL because I got a feeling he knows – he knows. Some he knows all the guys maybe, that did that. Maybe guys right? on yeah. other teams. Right. I would think maybe other guys on the Buccaneers right. who right. didn't get caught. I got a feeling he knows some things. So the NFL better tread lightly here because there may be an interview somewhere of someone talking to Antonio Brown and getting to the bottom of some stuff that the NFL has deliberately chosen not to get to the bottom of. Let's take a break. We'll try to get to the bottom of the craziness that happened in Washington, not during the game between the Eagles and WFT, but the WTF moment when Jalen Hurts was walking off the field and the walls literally came tumbling down. More PFT live right after this. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.